help. Amen. Uh, a new commandment, John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Look at this passage, how many times the Lord says the exact same thing as if we didn't get it the first time. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Verse 34, he says, that ye love one another. How? In the same way that God's loved us. And then he says that ye also love one another. If you didn't get it the first time, he says, I want you to love one another the same way I loved you, and I want you to love one another. Then the next part, he says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By how? Well, we, we would have automatically understood but he reiterates it again for the third time so that we don't miss the message. He says, how are they going to know? Because we love, he says, one another. A new commandment give I unto you that ye love one another. A new commandment. By this, he says, all men will know that you're my disciples. You know, people know what we love, don't they? And we all love various things, various things. You might love somebody, you might love some things. And it's evident what we love. I heard the story of a little girl. She was going to a stock show and she had a grand champion lamb she took. She was uh, going there and auctioning that lamb off and the bids reached $5 a pound and she was getting pretty excited and the little girl standing beside the lamb in the arena, she began to cry as the price continued to go up for her lamb. $10 a pound, tears now streaming down her face. She clasped her arms tightly around the lamb's neck. The higher the bids arose, the more she cried, and finally a local businessman bought the lamb for $1,000. But he soon announced he was going to be donating the lamb back to the little girl. The, cloud, the crowd, of course, applauded and cheered. And months later, the individual who wrote the story, Joe Wagner, said he was judging some essays, some statewide championship essays, when he came across one from a little girl. And she told about the time where she had sold her little sheep. And the prices went so high that she wrote she started crying from happiness. And she continued and said, the man who brought, bought the lamb, he bought it for so much, much more than I ever dreamed I would get for it, but he returned the lamb to me. And when I got home, daddy barbecued it. And it was really delicious. <laughs> She was a good story writer, right? <laughs> Daddy barbecued it, and it was really delicious. I don't know if you've been to a restaurant recently and had lamb. Usually it tastes like billy goat. Um, doesn't it? Do I have a witness to that? <laughs> yes, okay. You pay so much for it, and you're like, it's going to be delicious. No, it tastes like billy goat. Um, but, you know, it was of value to her, and she cried. I thank God that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He loved us so much, he came and gave his all for us. Aren't you thankful for that? Let's ask the Lord this morning to help us as we go into his word. Father, I pray that you would use your word to encourage, challenge, and strengthen our hearts. Father, we pray for those who are sitting at home who don't go to church anywhere. And Lord, as, uh, as I was impressed this morning, even by my daughter saying, praying for those who are at home, who, who don't go to church anywhere, they might hear the gospel, they might come. And Lord, I pray that you would bring more and your house would be full. And Lord, I pray that you would bring lost souls 
under the conviction of the gospel, I pray, Father, that you would bring to our midst a biblical understanding of what it is to love. And Lord, I pray that if there be any in the room who have not yet received your love, they've not yet accepted Jesus Christ to come into their life to be their Savior, I pray that they today would do that. And Lord, I thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. And thank you for how you're going to speak to us today. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. This phrase is commanded, that ye love. The phrase literally means to be contented with one another. That ye love. He says, a new commandment give I unto you. That ye, he says, love one another. He says, I want you to be contented with one another. As believers, if you notice, his disciples didn't have uh, very good success with that. They were very discontented one with another. They had lots of issues. And by the way, Jesus was their master. He's the greatest teacher. Yet they were right with the master and they had regular human problems. Okay? And so don't be surprised when that happens. Jesus, though, commanded them. He says, I give you a new commandment. Where is he at? He's at the Last Supper. He's sitting there with his disciples. He's about ready to go to the cross. He says, by the way, guys, don't forget, this is my message to you. I have a new commandment for you, that ye love one another. Speaking directly to them, that they love each other as disciples, that they love the new believers who will come in. Isn't that a test of our love, right? When we love somebody who's different, who God brings and gets saved and gets helped. Amen. That's, that's love. When we tr truly love. And he says, by this, there's a test of love. When it comes to loving people, unbelievers will often ask the question, do I really have to love everybody? I have people ask me that all the time. They'll say, do I have to love everybody? What about that person, right? What about that one? Don't we want to just write them off? No. To love is to be contented with one another. You know, we cannot change our neighbors, we cannot change our friends, we cannot change our children, only God can. We cannot change our spouse, only God can. And so when it comes to uh, being loved and loving, we want others to show love to us, but we need to be contented. We want others to be contented with us. Don't you want others to be contented with you? You want everybody to come around picking at you all the time? I don't want that. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. In the same way that we want to be loved, we ought to exude the same characteristic. How about the neighbors? We want them to love us and be kind, not rude. We want to be loved and accepted. So does a Christian have to love everybody? It's a test. You say, Pastor, the passage says to love the brethren. That's right. But let's see what Jesus, how Jesus loved the people to love. First, he describes in this biblical love, and by the way, you see right there, the world talks about a lot of different types of love, don't they? But biblical love does center around the cross of Jesus Christ. The people to love. Look in verse 34. He says that you love one another. John 14 in verse 15, a few verses ahead in your Bible, Jesus says, if ye love me... Keep my commandments. Jesus says, I'm giving you a test of love. He says, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. And parents, don't we know that our child loves us when they obey us? Right? I mean, that's a test of love. 
When our child obeys us, it demonstrates to us that they love us enough, respect us enough to do what we ask them to do. The people to love, he says, love one another in the same way that I've loved you. And Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The very first command Jesus gave was repent and follow me. It's his first command. It all begins there. You know, people say, well, I'm just going to love. I'm going to try harder. It's hard to do that without the power of God. It's impossible to. You ever try to live the Christian life in your own strength? I have. I tried for years. It didn't work very well. Try to love people in your own strength. It doesn't work very well. But when God starts to love through you, you say, you know what? I can't love them anymore, Lord. You're going to have to love them through me. And God gives you the grace. We're... If we're going to love one another, we must be in love with Jesus. If we're going to love one another, we have to be in love with Jesus. That's why sometimes it's hard to love one another because no man can serve two masters. It all starts with this difficult command to repent. Repentance is a test of love. Look, if the, if the child rebels and does evil things and comes back and says, I'm done, I repent, I, I'm clean. If they love you, they keep the promise they make. When somebody says, you know what, I will do this, when they love you, they'll keep the promise you do not ever have. They'll, they'll keep it. Because you, when you love somebody, you keep your promises to them. Doesn't God love us and keep his promises to us? Aren't you thankful he keeps the promises? Even when we fall short, he still keeps his promises. He keeps his end of the deal. He keeps his end of the deal. I challenge you, keep your end of the deal. Keep your end of the deal. Look, I'm only responsible to keep my end of the deal. You, you keep what you commit to do, and then the other end... We're each responsible. The people to love. He says to love one another. This is deep. That's why it's so hard to serve the Lord. It's hard to serve somebody we're not in love with sometimes. You say, God did me wrong. No, he didn't. Remember his son hanging on the cross. Think about the three who were on the crosses. The thief who was rebelling against the Lord and cursing his name, he got crucified and died. The man who had done much evil on the cross turned and said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. He repented. He still died on the cross. And Jesus, the perfect sinless son of God, died on the cross. They all three suffered the exact same torture. One was perfect. One was repentant. One was unrepentant. And that really shows us, look, we all are going to suffer in this life. And so um, the people to love, look, it's hard to love. It's hard to love. And sometimes you say, man, I'm just suffering so great. Jesus suffered. It's hard to serve within the church when, when, when someone's not in love with the brethren. Brethren, see, when we love the brethren, we automatically want to serve the brethren. Jesus says, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you in John 15, 14. In Galatians chapter 6, if you turn there, verse 2, Galatians 6 in verse 2. Look at what the Bible says. Galatians 6, 2. Here's a test. The Bible tells us, you know the Lord, you love him. He says in Galatians 6, 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill, what does he say? 
the law of Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments, my laws. Here, how are we going to fulfill the law of Christ? By loving, to bear another's burdens is to love. It's easy to live life so focused on our own burdens that we fail to help the brother in need. Bear ye one another's burdens. Often it's easy to come only looking for the benefits. Jesus did not. Aren't you thankful he came to serve? He came to serve. C.S. Lewis was asked, why do the righteous suffer? He said, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. Why do the righteous suffer? Why not? They're the only ones who can take it. Suffering was the heritage of those three on the cross. And my friend, widespread suffering is a human heritage. Jesus said in, uh, or John said in 2 John 5. It's a short book. 2 John, right over by Revelation. I like us turning to these passages because we get to go to maybe dusty portions of the Bible. If you're not in the habit of reading all the way through, these might be new verses you may not have seen before. 2 John, chapter, the only one chapter, it's 1 through 13, okay? But we're going to look in verses 5 and 6. It says, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning. Notice how he refers to it as a commandment. He says, That we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in his, after his commandments. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. He says, what's the commandment? The commandment is to walk after his commandments and to walk in love. This is where the modern version of love taught is unbiblical because true love is upholding the commandments of God. True love is upholding the commandments of God, the people to love. We are to love the believers. You say, but they're imperfect, aren't we all? Aren't we all? We need the grace of God. He says, this is the new commandment which we had from the beginning. It's a command. Notice it's not an option. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's neat seeing when somebody gets saved. They automatically get a dose of love and they get a dose of peace and joy. But it's easy to lose those three, isn't it? We're so in love with Jesus, man, we just want, when somebody gets saved, they automatically, they just want to be in church. They want to be around the people of God. They want to show up early. They just love, 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 love. And then it's easy to lose that in a backslide. And when we are in love with Jesus, it continues, it perpetuates on. God doesn't say love when you feel it, feel like it. He says he gives no alternative. There's no other option for the believer but to love the brethren. Say, but what if I don't like to love them? Aren't we all unlovable at some point? When we were, we were full of sins, <clears throat> before we even were born, God knowing that we would sin and rebel against him, knowing all the things that we would do, but God commendeth his love, Romans 5, 8, toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The people to love, he loves all. Shouldn't we do the same? Shouldn't we do the same? The preaching of love. There's a message of love. Look back, if you would, in John 13, verse 35. John 13 and verse 35. Jesus says, he says, I give you this new commandment, that ye love one another. 
In the same way that he loved us, which, by the way, is impossible to do in our own strength. By the way, he says in a marriage, the same thing ought to happen. In Ephesians 5. But in verse 35, he says, by this, by this, by what? Love. Shall all men, what's the next word? There should be no doubt in the world around us that the Christian loves Jesus and loves the brethren. No doubt. He says, they shall know that ye are my disciples if you have love one to another. A disciple is in love with Jesus. A disciple is in love with Jesus. There's an obvious message here. Everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to see. The obvious is made manifest by the obvious. Say, how am I going to show the world that I love them? How am I going to show the world that God is real? By them seeing that we love the brethren. By them seeing that we love the brethren. The obvious is made manifest by the obvious. Suffering teaches us patience, and these words were found penned in the wall of a prison cell in Europe. I believe in love even when I don't feel it. I believe in God even when he's silent. Think about Jesus on the cross. The Father turned his face from him, and yet Jesus, as he sat there in darkness on the cross, demonstrated love. Love is manifest through seasons of darkness. We are preaching a message. We all are preaching a message. Whatever's on our hearts is going to come up in conversation. You've, listen to yourself this week. It's, it's convicting when I do it. Right? Listen to yourself. What do you talk about? What's on the tip of your tongue? What's the topic on your mind? That's what you love. That's what you love. If we find it hard to talk about the one who loves us, Lord, help me to get back in love with you. Because when we really realize that, you know what, without God, we're nothing. But God commendeth his love towards us. He showed it. And he continues that word, commendeth. People say it's an old King James word. Yes, it is. But ETH on the end means it continues to go on. His love is continual. It doesn't end. It's not he just showed it. It's he continues to show it. So God commendeth his love towards us. He's continuing to reveal and to manifest his love towards us in the same way. He says, Love the brethren. The preaching of love. The preaching of love. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. How do we love the brethren? Look at Jesus' greatest command. and Well, the Sermon on the Mount. One of these um, principles taught at the end. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Notice, if you would, in Matthew 5. Jesus gives many different instructions throughout this. Painful instructions. He says, if somebody asks you to go a mile, go two miles. Go the second mile. But he goes on. Matthew 5, down in verse 43. He says, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine, what does he say? Enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And he says, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Some are going to take advantage of you. Didn't the Pharisees take advantage of Jesus? 
Religious people may take advantage of you. That may happen. Verse 45, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Verse 46, one of the most convicting verses in the Bible. He says, for if you love them which love you, let's read it together, what reward have ye? Do not, read, continue reading, do not even the publicans the same. Jesus says, if you love the people that love you. He says, we're just like the Pharisees. Now, sometimes unbelievers like to point a finger. They like to say, man, those, those people are Pharisees. And sometimes it's true. Why? Because of a lack of love. There's a lack of love. There's a lack of joy. There's a lack of peace. And that will manifest itself through our life. The road to perfection is paid by love. If you love them which love you, what reward have ye? What reward? He's, Jesus says, is there going to be a reward for just loving the people that love us? For just being kind to the people that are kind to us? Look, it's easy to do this even in a church setting. We're like, you know what? I, I find something in common with them. Right? we got a lot in common, don't we, Brother John? The Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? He likes sports. He enjoys that. I have nothing to do with it, okay? But we're friends in the gospel, amen? He does not like hunting. I think it's fun, okay? We're friends in the gospel. You do not have to be on the same page about everything, okay? You don't have to have the exact same. And often in church, it's easy to only talk about and be talk with the people that we find things in common with. But the preaching of love, the message of love... You know, whatever we're in love with, whatever we love, we'll invest in it. When somebody loves sports things, right? Maybe they really love that kind of stuff. You go to their house and they'll have a whole room decorated, all right? And uh, they have all maybe the New York Yankees stuff. It's everywhere. You have all of their sports paraphernalia. You have the flags. You have, I had a, a friend in college, I mean the... The blanket was that. I mean, everything was, you knew what his favorite team was. It was obvious to the world. There's nothing wrong with, per se, having, having that. There's nothing wrong with it. What I was saying is we invest in what we love. And we, we put a mark on ourselves with what we love. My father-in-law likes to make jokes about it. Uh, he thinks that, you know, buying T-shirts, like when I was younger, I would go to every country I went to, I'd buy a T-shirt from that country. And, he, and, and, you know, a lot of people buy T-shirts that say things like, you know, Aeropostale. We're just like promoting a, a, a brand or company or Nike. Like we're literally just buying a T-shirt that says Nike on it. Like to what advantage is that? Like they did something for us, right? But it's like that's cool, the cool thing to, you know, wear a shirt that, that has a name of a brand or people buy their Six Flags shirts or whatever. And um, why invest so much money in a, in a shirt, right, to just to promote that company? And my father like, likes to make jokes about that, about how people will invest in, in brands that they, uh, just, to, just to be cool, invest in a product or a, a brand or a sports team just to be cool, to fit in. Look, making manifest to everyone what we like, what we love. If we like hunting... Often men like, right, to get the coolest weapons and the coolest arsenal. But you know what? We're not taking that stuff with us to heaven. We're not taking that stuff with us to heaven. Nothing wrong with having it. But our greatest investment, when I die, I want my children to know the greatest investment was the kingdom of God. 
When they look back at the bank account, I want them to know where the money went. It was the kingdom of God. And uh, not in something that's temporal, it's going to burn up, but in winning souls to Christ. I want them to see it. I want them to know it. And when they go back and check their records, I want them to know what was greatest and what was the most important. May, may our children know that we love Jesus Christ, that it's clear and supremely evident that he is the greatest affection, that promoting his kingdom is the greatest affection, and nothing else comes even close to it. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, by the love you have one toward another. God loved, the church loves, and we must love. He gave himself for the church, for the imperfect church. Aren't you thankful he gave himself for the imperfect? He gave himself for the complaining church. I think of the Israelites, they complained a lot. And sometimes we do too. We don't want to admit it, but we do. That he might purify it by the washing of the water by the word and present it to himself a glorious church. You think about that. Jesus loved the church so much that he died for it to purify it. Can you imagine dying for something to purify it? Who wants to take the process and the time of cleaning it all up? People like buying old things and restoring them. It's a very cool thing people like doing today, right? And they find it cool to buy something that's maybe an antique and to take all the time to clean it up and restore it. That's the way Jesus Christ came to us. The only problem is we're not like an antique, okay? Um, uh, we're really just a pile of dirt, okay? And uh, yes, you, some of those antiques are dirt, but many of them are made out of metal, okay? And that lasts a little bit longer. We're just a pile of dirt, but yet he loves us. Isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that great? He loves us. The preaching of love. And you say, so what are we doing? When we love the brethren, we're just loving another pile of dirt. Okay? To put it bluntly, we're all just a pile of dirt, okay? From dust we came to dust we will return. Don't mean to be negative, right? But we're going from dust. We were dust. We're going back to it. And so right now, as we live on this earth, we want to be treated right. We want everybody to do well for us. But Jesus says, the preaching of love, he says, all men will know. His, his disciples are sitting around the table. As Judas is about ready to dip his, his bread in, water, in, the, in, the, in the juice right then, he's about ready to dip it and give it. He's, he's eating with the Lord. They're dipping it out of the same cup right then. And he's about ready to eat that piece of bread with his Lord. And Jesus says, here's the manifestation of love. You're going to love the brethren. You're going to love the brethren. The road to perfection paved by love. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? See, we don't love people that just love us back. We love people who can give us nothing in return. That's a real display of love. A real display of love. You ever have sometimes somebody do something for you and you did absolutely nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it? You just were being you. And they did something extremely kind and unexpected for you. That's the way God loves us. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But he loves us. In the same way, how should we love the brethren? We love in the same way. We love in the same way. We don't wait till they deserve it. We don't wait till they earn it. We love. Look at Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Let's look at what the New Testament teaches on this. What Paul said. Romans 13, in verse 10, down through 14. The Bible says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. How do we fulfill the whole law of God? The theme resounds throughout Scripture. 
by love. That's why the world, look, they look at the church and they say Christians, they expect us to be loving. We should be loving. Now, loving does not mean you tolerate sin because loving is balanced in the commands of God. But loving means you love the sinner. While we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. To love is to show kindness even if the person never changes. All right? Love worketh no ill. In verse 11, that knowing the time is now, it is now high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And he says, let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. He describes all of these things. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the Lust thereof. He says there's love, and he says there's lust. Don't get caught up in lust. He says, be in love with Jesus. Be in love with Jesus. Love worketh no ill. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. It's easy to love those who will do well for you. It's easy to love those who will be kind to you. But that's not what Jesus teaches us to do. He teaches us to love those who can do nothing for us in return. To love them. Philippians 1, in verse 15, Paul describes... Two different types of ministry. Philippians 1.15. Look through the epistles, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Philippians chapter 1 in verse 15 through 18. Look for the word love as I read. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice." Two types of preaching. He says one's out of envy, lust. The other one's out of love. He says these two types of ministries exist. And Paul says one ministry, as he's writing this prison epistle, one ministry is doing it out of love. The other ministry really just was doing it to attack Paul out of envy and contention. Paul says, I'm happy both ways that they're preaching. I challenge you, when you see a believer, you see a church, you say, that place, oh, they're a little envious. That place, oh, they're a little this, they're a little that. Paul was happy if they were preaching the gospel. And to the extent they preach the gospel, we have that in common. To the extent that they preach the gospel. And he says, one preached out of love. He says, one ministry was built on and around love. I want our ministry to be built on love. Don't you want that? I want our church to be built on love. That a church be established. That a church be built in a way that Jesus Christ is exalted. He's supreme. And that others see that we love them. And we love Jesus supremely. And that everybody knows that we're in love with the Lord. It may be said of each of us that we possessed 
the rare biblical love. Look, in this day when people are possessed of devils and people are possessed of everything else and their own affections and interests, may it be said that we have the rare thing. We have love, biblical love. It's impossible in our own strength, only possible through his strength. And today, if you've never yet put your faith in Christ, come to him, receive his love. Come to him, accept the gift of love. Who is Jesus Christ? Put your faith in him, repent of your sins, turn to the Savior. And then once we come to him and trust him for salvation, he empowers us. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. We get the power to love, the preaching of love. We're all preaching a message. May our message be very clear. May all men know what's important to us. They'll know by what we talk about. They'll know by what we love speaking of. They'll know by where our affections are. They'll know by what we spend our money on. They'll know what we love. May it be said that we love Jesus Christ above all other things supremely. The preaching of love. The road to perfection is paved by love. And Jesus says if we love those who love us, he says we're not getting any special reward. But he says, you know what? I want you to have rare love. Who are we to love? We're to love everybody, and we're to love one another. As I have loved you, what message are we giving? All men will know if we love one another. Let's stand together for prayer this morning. Ask the Lord to help us with this, that we might obey him. As we stand together for prayer, the piano is going to begin to play in just a moment. is something that we all need help with. I continually need help with it. Fruit of the Spirit is love. What do you think the devil is going to try to pull from us? He's going to try to get us distracted. He's going to try to get us to have something else on our mind that pulls us from love. Loving God, loving the brethren. May it be said of us that we did it out of love. We did it for the right motive. Not to receive anything but to give. Jesus loves everybody. Be there for perfect. Be there for perfect. Nobody's going to get a prize in heaven for loving people they like. In heaven, the just are rewarded for loving the unlovely, undeserving fellow sinners, just as their master did. May it be said of us that we loved the brethren, and just like Jesus, that we loved the sinners and brought them to the Savior. May the Lord help us with this.